Dirtballs. Quick reminder, if you leave an iTunes review, I will send you some koozies. But I do need your Twitter or Instagram handle. We keep getting reviews without any handles. If I don't have your handle, I don't know. So I can't get your address. So please leave that Twitter or Instagram handle in that review so I can reach out to you to get you two koozies to keep those Miller Lights nice and cold. All right, guys, let's start the show. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, pray no. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon, Joseph. I was thinking yesterday, since we're looking for so much, since we need so much during this time of quarantine in terms of content, I was thinking something that could be fun is uh, everybody doing, sending us video of their best Andy Ruther show opening. Ah, Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. You know, I'd, I'd like to get everybody's take on uh, because you do it the same pretty much every time i've been told that so the idea like there's really not a whole lot of room to like have your own take on it so i'd like to see who can best nail it yeah i don't know i don't know where the where is the place for that nick where do we put that do we put that under a tweet do we put that under uh let's just do tweet at us yeah tweet tweet at us maybe we should grab like an up close of Andy the, doing uh, uh, what what's the hashtag we, we don't need a hashtag DS yeah. Andy intro <laughs> I bet we don't get five submissions yeah I'll give you one um, Nick said the the cadence if you look at the audio the the wavelengths in the audio I, I always know exactly where to edit the yeah. show because the wavelength is exactly the same it's it looks like a roller coaster I'd almost. love to know what episode it started that that's when it was it was like that forever because in the beginning you were all over the place and in also you're all over the place to start the show to end the show i used to not say i am your host i right. used to just say welcome to the dirty sports podcast i am andy ruther yeah I, at some point i added and then it became from venice beach to smut studio the whole thing i'd love to know what episode it finally where you finally were like this is it this is what i'm going with forever yeah well, because even when I do other podcasts, when I've hosted, like I refuse now to say welcome because I can't say welcome without going welcome, welcome I, to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I have welcomed down. Did you practice? Did you the, the the day it became official? Were you in the mirror going like, "This is it. I've got it. No, it's going to be welcome. It's going to be where we are. It's going to be our location in the world." Because I remember when we started, you'd always be like, "So sunny." Sunny Southern California day. Look at this out here. And I'd be like, okay. And then it's a live from. I don't I want, know. I want your submissions. But uh, Tweet at us. Tweet, tweet your best Andy Ruther. I have dated multiple girls who've mocked me, who've listened. 
Yeah. Like they've done that. Welcome to my studio apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I mean, it's just it just comes out so fluid. Yeah. And I butcher my words a lot, but for some reason I have that down. I am excited. We do have someone calling into the show in about ten minutes. Great. Our buddy Robert Latow from Black Sports Online. We need to know what he's covering. Have you checked Black Sports Online? Of course. So what is he covering? Same stuff. That's what's great. Here's what's great about Robert. The pandemic, this coronavirus, worldwide problem hasn't affected him because he always covered sports and non-sports stories. Right. So he's one of the few people who I would argue is kind of untouchable. I don't want to jinx him. Don't want to give him the Ruther curse, but I feel what he does on his site is untouchable. And I assume, and we'll get him on the phone to ask him this, the thirst trapping has got to be at an all-time high. Oh, yeah. Right? I imagine. Yeah. I imagine a lot of lot of NBA players are getting a lot of Instagram DMs these days. Yeah. You think that's how the coronavirus, like, some of these guys got it? From uh, the thirst happy girls? No, I think it's more the... Uh, being completely covered in their own body liquids and smashing up against each other for two and a half consecutive hours. Basically wearing their underwear and then just rubbing up against each other. Like that scene from Along Came Polly. Yeah, yeah. Which that's what I, I remember that's what I said when we were talking about it. I was like, look at all the NBA players that got it. Can you imagine if this had happened in the 90s? Patrick Ewing would have infected the whole world. Yeah. Like the one guy who's in charge of like, toweling up Patrick Ewing after he goes to the free throw line. Just the New York would have been on lockdown months ago. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Ewing is sweating enough. He used to remember where he used to wear the sweatbands that were like his entire, <laughs> his entire like wrist up to his elbow. And he'd be like, you just hitting himself with it. Yeah. No one sweats like big Pat. And he's been Georgetown's head coach. How many suits? He's out there in a suit and tie. Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting because, you know, who's the guy from Arizona? Is it Miller? Sean, Sean Miller. Miller. Is he, he's the one who sweats through his suits all the time. I feel like Big Pat's one of those guys who, when he's working hard, he's sweating through his, you know, basketball jersey. But as a coach, he's just he's chilling. Yeah, it's a good point because I I've I'd watched... love to know if he's still wearing Donna Karen suits like he did back in the day. When my dad was fitting Big Pat. I've I've seen a few Georgetown games. You do bring up a point. I haven't noticed the amount of sweat as a coach that he had playing for the Knicks. Yeah. He's all he just doesn't seem like he's a super like rah rah coach guy. He's not. Yeah. Which is why would you be? Such a weird thing. I feel like that's an antiquated coach coaching technique. Yeah, I agree. I think at the college level a little bit more. Obviously, than the NBA, but but you just gotta like. I I always feel like that perfect like angry disdain for like refs is is just it's even stronger than like the yelling and the screaming and who like yelling at your players. You've got to be again like a pretty dumb coach to think like screaming at young athletes while they're trying to perform is like the way to get them to do anything. It used to work. I did it. A lot of successful coaches. It just seems like that was, it's like used to work. Like that's the way, oh, that's the way people used to parent too. Used to work. It's like, did it? I'm all about the psychological game. Yeah. 
that's what you need to employ. Like, uh, you know, I'm a big D'Antoni guy. So he's he does a lot of like the stomping of the foot and a lot of like angry yelling through his teeth. But he but he's never like all oh, whatever. And like even Doc, Doc's always losing his voice, but he's always kind of like just doing a little pacing. You yeah. never see the you never see the freaking you never see the Bobby Knight thing anymore. No, it's 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 ridiculous. And I don't think I'd ever would like if I I've thought about that if I was a coach I never I lose my you know I lose my shit sometimes, but I wouldn't at that. I was always when I was baseball coaching and obviously baseball managing a baseball team. There's not a lot of rah rah type of guys anyway. I mean there there is at the college level. Um, but, but it's usually like locker room stuff or off the, or practice stuff. But even that I always went because it was always way more effective the way my parents, like my parents yelling at me was never, it never made me change my behavior as much as them being disappointed in me. Oh yeah. Remember when your parents would use that? We're not mad. We're just disappointed. You'd be like, Oh, I would always go out. I'd always go out to like the, the mound when the pitchers, I'm like, like, what are you doing out here, man? Yeah. Like this is, I agree. You know, this is awful for everybody involved. It's awful for you. It's awful for me. The team's kind of embarrassed for you. It's not like, throw a goddamn strike. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget, still to this day, the thing that bothered me the most was when I got drunk, totaled my dad's car, ran over a fire hydrant, you know, left the scene of the crime. And when my dad came home, there was no yelling. I was also 21 at the time. But still, it was him looking me in the eye and saying, I can never trust you again. Wow. Strong Walt move there. I mean, here I am, 17 years later, thinking, can Walt trust me? It's funny because when I when we were kids, obviously, John, Mikey, even my sister, myself, we were always up to, like, no good. I mean, the amount of things, the stories that I could tell you of just the crimes committed. Yeah. Um, but we used to go to the Poconos and stay at this resort and go skiing. And there was one trip where we all did terrible things. Like Mikey and his friend like destroyed the mini golf course at the resort with like golf clubs. My brother John, <laughs> my brother John like broke it, like like went up on the ski mountain after hours and like broke into like some pantry there and like broke into an elevator. I set off a fire extinguisher. And when the trip was over, we were sitting in the car. And my mom was like checking us out of the hotel, uh, out of the resort, and she came back to the car, and she was crying, and she said, "We're never allowed back." And I've never like I don't think my mom's cried since. And I was like, "Wow, this is the worst I've ever felt." Like seeing my mom cry and just be like, "I'm so disappointed in you guys. We're not a, we're not allowed to come back here because you're all disasters." Yeah, a hundred percent. It's way more effective. So. Big Pat laying back, not sweating through his suits. Good for him. Good for him. I like it. That's why, as as I briefly look at the YouTube comments from Zach Lagoy, he says, I think this is why Jim Harbaugh is not doing well in college. I could see that. I mean... He's getting the players. Yeah. Recruiting has never been an issue for Harbaugh. So he's getting the talent. I think, again, it, it also depends on... And all and the bar that we're holding that you hold certain guys to, like Jim Harbaugh is doing great in college by a lot of people's standards, right? Yeah. Um, he's just not like bringing Michigan back. Um, but 
there it it also depends on like what you're doing. Again, like I said, baseball. If you're a yell at your team baseball guy, like who are you? <laughs> like yeah. who hurt you? But like to be in charge of a hundred man football roster, you have like a ton of five star recruits at every position. How do you, you know, like how do you like how do you find out like who can hack it and who can't? Sure. Like, I feel like football is the one sport where like a little bit of anger is still like you need to be angry to play. Yeah. You know, still a little bit valid, but like, but even the Saban, I feel like Saban's more from like the Bill Belichick, like, I just don't care. I'll just find somebody else to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be better. Sure. Like the be better. Oh, so strong. It's a strong move. Yeah. Can't wait to use it with my kids. Yeah. Oh, when I would coach youth baseball, even when I was coaching high school baseball, fix your life was always... Like, I would just go out, like, kids swinging at bad pitches. I'd just be like, take them up. Like, what are you doing? Fix your life. And just, like, walk away. I mean, that crushes a young spirit. Yeah. Just, like, feeling like their life is broken and that they need to fix it. Oh, it was always strong. I'm also, and I would only pull it out when I needed to. I'm also a big fan of take me through your thought process. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a big mind breakdown. It's a mental check. You're basically bit by bit saying, hey, what in God's name were you thinking here? Yeah. Take me through this process, which, by the way, I need to do myself a lot, too. Right? Self-evaluation. Yeah. What was I doing? What was I thinking? It's getting deep, Joe. We haven't even we haven't even really done sports yet. And uh, we've got how, how far are we from Robert calling in? Two minutes away. Can we is there anything we can cover? Uh before before he gets us on the line, or are we just like, are we just holding the ball here? I mean, we can do what we want. All all, all I know is this: uh, Wimbledon's not happening. We can get that out of the way. Yeah, uh, and it's been canceled, canceled, canceled. It, it was it's far away. You know, it's end of June, early July is when it's supposed to happen. But I understand that an event so big at some point you've got to be like preparations have to begin sure like I, I feel like that's when things are getting canceled is when they have to start prepping and they're going like we can't start prepping and we're not going to be able to start prepping three weeks from now so at that point we would be three weeks behind we have to cancel this thing yeah sucks yeah and her tug's probably devastated the tennis season's just up in flames crushed yeah no nadal no roger federer no Najokic. <laughs> that's not his name What's his name? <laughs> Djokovic. <laughs> In Djokovic, did you? Are, are, were you of the opinion that the uh, like uh, Cleveland Browns tight end was the third best tennis player in the I, world? I think I combined Djokovic. I think I combined the guy from Federer, the Nadal, Nugget, Djokovic. Yeah, I combined Jokic. I combined Nadal and Jokic from uh, the Nuggets. Yeah. There you go. Well, let's let's get Robert on the phone. Let's let's see what's going on in his world, and let's see how he's holding Guess up. Got to put these headphones on. Have these been wiped down? Have these been anti? No, probably not. Let's let's Bacterial. see. Let, let's see what Robert has to say uh, as far as the black sports online world. The black sports online world. Hello, Robert Letzow. Are you there, my friend? Hey. Hey, how you doing, man? Long time no talk. 
I know, man. So I'm here with with my co-host Joe Prano, as you know, and uh, it's good that uh, we're reconnecting. Yeah, absolutely. Strange circumstances, but hey, <laughs> whatever we got to do. I love it. Uh, I I was just, I was even thinking in my head as the phone rang. I was like, Black Sports Online editor-in-chief and longtime friend of the show fights through coronavirus to guest on Dirty Sports Picks and Vids. Yeah, Picks and Vids. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes tweets and IG, you never know what's coming. (laughs) I love it. How is everything in uh, the BSO world? Uh, Actually, the BSO world is uh, running pretty smoothly, to be honest. Uh, these are the type of times where, you know, people that, you know, maybe had uh, made fun of the type of stories that we do are, are coming uh, back to me on their hands and knees while I sit on the throne here uh, because I got I got the content that everybody wants now. I'm sitting on the on the throne right now. <laughs> what in, in since the sort of pandemic has begun and everybody's been on lockdown, what is the most surprising story that you have reported on? Uh, in the last couple of weeks, like I can't believe with this pandemic that this still happened. Uh, I thought the Jamal Murray one was pretty good. I <laughs> thought that one uh, was a. I thought that definitely was a product of uh, hey, I'm, I'm bored, and so let's you know let's put something on IG Live to get the people talking. Uh, I thought that was a, a pretty good one. I, the one that we did yesterday about the guys running into the CVS. Um, and, and saying they had corona and then actually stealing cases of corona. I thought there was a lot of irony in, in that one. So just uh, those, those type of stories. I think a lot of the, you know, hey, we're bored, so there's weird stuff going on with, you know, athletes now uh, are pretty interesting stories. Well, Robert, you actually just reiterate what I said before we got you on the phone was that I was like, his business model and what you guys have always put out is kind of untouchable. Again, I don't want to jinx it, but do you feel where you where you are as an organization? I mean, the only thing that would basically crumble you is people's internet not working, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's, you know, nothing is untouchable, and you know, there are times where I'm even looking like, hey, uh, there's no stories uh, to to write, you know, because we're not just uh, you know, kind of the sports guys of entertainment. I mean, we do. Uh, a lot of coverage of, of sports and a lot of on the scene and interviews and things like that and TV movies and stuff. So it's not as much uh, content as it would be if all the sports was going. I think what's what's happening is, is that what I've always said and what you guys know is that people uh, in my mind and the stats don't lie, the numbers don't lie, are really more interested in these kind of off the wall type of stories than they're interested in, hey, let me do a 5,000 word breakdown of, you know, James Harden dribbling, you know, like, you know, or who's, you know, the, the goat and all that stuff. People like uh, more off the wall type of stuff. And if you're in the house and that's why everybody's doing those damn TikTok videos, because they have nothing, you know, to do except look like fools. So, I mean, this this kind of goes right into our, our, our wheelhouse. And I was a little worried at first, uh, but then I saw the numbers um, and then I was like, I guess I have nothing to worry about. Now. Do you think where we're at as a country, as a world, is thirst trapping at an all-time high? Yes. Thirst trapping <laughs> is, is – look, there, there's Instagram, you know, I think Instagram wasn't set up to be, like, basically a thirst trap. Just like the internet wasn't set up to, like, you know, really produce so much porn. 
But, you know, that's the most searched thing on the Internet is porn. So I think, you know, Instagram started off like, hey, when people go on vacation or they take pictures of flowers and stuff, they didn't know 90 percent of their revenue would come from basically, you know, not so bright girls, you know, taking pictures with their clothes off. And now they have nothing to do. They have nowhere to go. So and this is their talent. I mean, for them, I think maybe this is a good thing for them because their talent is basically sitting around not doing anything of note in a bikini and taking pictures. So uh, I would imagine the IG modeling world, um, in some regards, their, their likes and views are probably going up. Yeah, I, it, it's funny that you say that because, like, I, I don't remember the actual day, but when Instagram started, it was like every woman was putting a picture of her brunch. And then just like mm-hmm. one, and then just one day, flip the switch. He's like, you know, it's gonna get more likes than my omelet, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, people love asses. It's true. I mean, when I got on Instagram, people it was a lot of you know taking pictures of the food, uh, your dogs and stuff like that. And then you know, at a certain point, it became overrun. And I'm not on it like I used to because you know I actually prefer actual communication. Uh, with people, but if you go on there, almost every all of these girls have twenty thousand, thirty thousand likes. It's like it's like going to McDonald's. It's like a dime a dozen. It's like I don't know how they differentiate uh, between one or the other. Uh, but you know, more power to them. I mean, I guess if you can, you know, make money without doing anything, I guess we all would do that. Now I know that a lot of your stories, when we talked to you in the past, that you get a lot of your stories sent to you from mm-hmm. people who uh, you know enjoy your site. How has the tip uh, box been since all this happened? Are the, are more people just on their phones and on their computers being like, "Yo, you got to know about this story," or is that slowed down a little bit? That's right, but pretty much, honestly, it's about the same. I, I still get the same amount of tips and DMs. And did you see this? You know, we don't even post probably probably out of the stuff we only post maybe 10 percent of the stuff that we get you know to be honest because most of it is wild and crazy and really has nothing to do with nothing or personal business it's really none of my you know <laughs> concern i think what's happening is is that because people are now kind of stuck what they feel like is very odd it's almost like now you know it's like hey rob we need we need you to do something like i can't take a break because they're like we need some more stories we need something else we need x y and z it's like all of a sudden I've become like all the other drug lords, I guess, got rounded up by the FBI. And I'm the only one that's left for the supply. So like now I got just people coming at me like, hey, when are you going to do your next podcast? When are you going to do the live stream? When are you going to do the next story, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, hmm, you guys didn't love me like this three months ago. But yeah, I can't <laughs> lie. It feels, it, it feels a little good. <laughs> I got to ask if you can reveal this. What is the craziest story that you didn't publish or craziest thing that you might think is total BS that someone sent your way. Is, is there one or maybe a couple off the top of your head where you just laughed or thought, I can't publish that. And also before, and before you answer, where is uh, the Jameis, the fake Jameis account is the GM of the Tampa Bay Bucks on that list. <laughs> oh, that's, very, that, that, that's very high. That was so high when I started to like, you know, uh, do a little investigate and try to get some more information. All of a sudden, people were. It was like I was in the. I was like in a in a crime family. That's like we don't speak. <laughs> we're not going to talk about this. You need you need to leave this alone. I'm like, geez, am I, am I, are you guys saying somebody's going to leave a goat head on my, you know, a horse head on my bed or something? 
but yeah, I mean, there, there are some stories that I that I can tell you without you know saying any names that I know are 100 percent factually true. Uh, that if I was to report, uh, you know, would kind of blow up in in really 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 big ways. But I do have a rule, and the rule is is very simple: is that if the information is not public. Uh, I mean, if it's not out there and people are not already talking about it or someone hasn't uh, wants, I don't do the anonymous stuff. You like, you have to be on record. I won't post it, but there's definitely, let's just say there are a couple of players that because of the way society is, you think are perfect and perfect family lives and all of this stuff that may be into some, uh, some interesting habits. Let's put it like that without, you know, giving anything away. You, you would be shocked. Are you uh, telling me? Are you telling me that you're protecting LeBron James? Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying any names at all. <laughs> I'm not saying any names. I'm saying uh, that there's definitely more than one uh, people out there, and, and like I said, what they do in their personal lives is really no. As long as you're not doing anything criminal, like if someone came to me and said, "I'm just using LeBron," I'm not saying this is LeBron, but if someone came to me and said, "Hey, we know some information that LeBron is messing with little boys or something like that," now that's something that I would explore. And if I felt like I had enough information, I would, you know, get it out there and get it to the right authorities and everything. But if someone was to come to me and say, hey, do you know LeBron? And once again, this is not this is a, a fake. This is me giving a fake a scenario. Just somebody no. So I say, hey, you know, LeBron is a cross dresser and blah, 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 and all of this stuff. You know, I wouldn't put that out there. Like, you know, even if I knew it was to be be true, because to me, if you want to cross dress or whatever it is in your own, your own business, it's not illegal. So I, I wouldn't post it. I, I, I don't I think that's what separates me a little bit from some of these other sites that will literally run with any rumor or anything uh, that they get in their box. I try to have some decorum of uh, morality and what we're doing here at BSO. And I think that helps with my credibility in regards to doing things outside of just doing what I'm doing on the site. Is there is there anybody in sports or, or even in entertainment, uh, politics, whatever, that if you got something on, you're like, nah, even if I knew it was true and I knew it was noteworthy, you're like, I'm going to let this guy... Like if somebody came to you with something about Obama, like I feel like he's, uh, he's, on, the, he's on the level of LeBron to me. Like I, I feel like right. Barack Obama's biggest like positive trait is the fact that like he seems pretty clean all around like you know you can think what you want about his politics but it doesn't seem like he cheats on his wife he does all you know whatever like is there somebody that you go no nah, i'm not touching that he's not i'm not i'm not i, I will say it. this Let, I, I think the best way to explain that and uh is is this way i think um and i'm talking as a african-american male um, I believe that, you know, as black people, a lot of times we people are we have to be in certain aspects of our life. We have to be clean. We don't we don't get the type of uh, rope. We don't have the type of opportunities to where certain things could come out. And that, that, that would actually harm not just the person, but it would harm our entire culture and our entire race. So I will say there may have been things from certain athletes that I felt like the short-term uh, validation for me or the shirt, you know, the money or the, the attention or the views or whatever, the short-term uh, for me would have a more damaging long-term effect on our, you know, our actual culture and our actual people. And I don't want to be a person that I don't want to be Jason Whitlock. You know, I don't want to sell my soul for a job or for a couple of dollars and, and things like that. So I, I would never go that far, like I said, unless 
I mean, it was something where it was so egregious and negative to the fact that, like, you know, people need to know this because this person is not who they think they are. Right. Now, it's just stupid, you know. And, and when I say that, I don't consider, like, you know, having a side chick or, you know, painting your toenails or what. I don't consider that thing. I'm talking about, like, criminal stuff and, and things like that. So, no, you know, maybe if it was Dwight Howard, I would put it out there. But anybody else, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Now, to kind of change it up for a minute, Robert, I, I got to ask about, you know, kind of the future or if you have heard anything, because obviously you're very well connected. Where are you at right now as far as where we might go with some of the sports starting? Like, do you see, we'll start with the NBA. Do you see them finishing Ooh. the season? What do you think? How will this play out? I think the NBA is going to try to do the whole thing where they quarantine the, the whole, you know, the playoff teams and do it in one place. But I don't even know if that's actually feasible i think you i think your key is for 2020 is the nfl i think that's the key not the nba i think it's the nfl if the nfl starts on time and so we're talking you know september or the preseason in august if it starts on time with full stadiums we're talking 80 90,000 people at a, at a you know whatever at a stadium that's a lot of corona floating around if that starts on time i think everything else flows to like hey the NFL is doing it regardless of what the risk will be. Uh, I think other other sports will get into it. As far as the as far as the NBA, I think I think they're really looking at a, a scenario where they don't feel like they can start the season again in the the way a natural way, and they're really considering doing the you know basically like a March Madness style tournament for the championship where everybody's in Vegas, you know, at one hotel and they're all playing, you know, kind of those type of things. I think that's the, I don't think the scenario where they, everybody comes back and they're playing in their own arenas, I don't think that's that's happening. I don't think that's how they're going to try to get this done. Let me tell you something. I think the best thing for the NBA in terms of what you do is all of them getting together in Vegas. Can you imagine the thirst trappers that swarm the, <laughs> the, the strip if all of the NBA playoff teams are in one city? There's going to be – well, see, that's the, that's the whole problem with this coronavirus. So let's say they were to do that. Let's say in June or whatever, July, they say, hey, we're going to have basically the NBA playoffs and finals in Vegas. Well, do the Vegas hotels then open back up? Because now you have all of these people, the fans from different teams and everything, they're all converging in Vegas. And does that start like a new spread? Like, I think that's that's the thing that we really don't get is that the way the other countries have done this is they basically locked down the entire country. It seems to be impossible for the United States to do that because we're hard-headed and we just don't kind of, you know, listen to what people tell us to do. It's like, because what you don't want to happen is, is that you don't want to be, say, say the NFL, and you start your season and you have all of these fans at a game. Let's say it's a, the, the, what, the Kansas City game or whatever. You have 80,000 people at the Kansas City uh, Stadium, and then a week later you find out, a thousand of them have coronavirus. Then what are you going to do? You know what I mean? So it's I, I don't really know. I don't have good answers right now. I mean, it, it would probably help if you had somebody in charge in the government that you know didn't have the my pillow guy stuff coming up. But it did, <laughs> we just got we we just got to kind of we just got to try to you know. I, I think at some point, regardless of the risk, things are just going to start back up, and then you have to, as a fan, I guess you have to d- decide if you want to take the risk. Of going to these events or not. And and I guess my follow-up, Joe and I discussed this last episode, something that I hope a positive from this pandemic will be an outcome of. 
resetting the prices, right? Because if you're a family of four or five and you got to go to an NFL game with parking, right, food, the ticket mm-hmm. price, it's you know that's a $500 day. Do you think mm-hmm. this will maybe kind of reset for hopefully a while how expensive these events that are teams that are owned by billionaires. You think that'll reset any of the, the fiscal matters concerning sports? I actually disagree. I think that it's going to make them higher because they're really? going to try to make the money back. You know, they they this is what I think because I you know rich people think a little bit differently. Billionaires think a little bit differently. What they're going to think is that people have not had sports for so long that they're going to be itching like a fiend, like a crackhead, to get back. And what they're going to do is they're going to raise the prices. You know, they're going to raise the the parking. They're going to raise this because they feel like people are going to rush back, you know, to do it. So I think they're looking at it the opposite way. I don't think they're like going to give you any deals. They're not going to cut down on the parking. I think the parking is going to be more. I think the hot dogs are going to be a little more because they're going to be like, hey, come, come on, come on. You want to get back in. You know, you haven't had football in such a long time. You haven't had basketball or whatever it may be. So, no, I think they're all, all – I think billionaires become billionaires by not actually thinking about the little people. Uh, they just think about how much money they can make. And that's a shame if that happens because every, because everybody's going to be broke, obviously. We, mm-hmm. You know, we have 10 million people have applied for unemployment in the last two weeks. And, mm-hmm. and I really hope that that doesn't happen. But uh, you could be right. Maybe I'm misunderestimating billionaires and, and how they view things. <laughs> now, now we'll let you go here shortly, but I want to ask, what's, what's your quarantine been like? Is that laptop just constantly open? Because it was already open, right? Yeah, you know, my, I, I have to admit, and I'm not trying to downplay it or anything, I think my, my at this stage of my career and this stage of my life, you know, I told you guys, you know, I recently got married uh, about six months ago. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've basically transformed into, you know, uh, dad mode and, you know, basically husband mode. So to me, what, what I was doing before, wasn't that much different than what I'm doing, you know, right now. I mean, I do miss kind of, you know, going out and having a nice dinner or going to the bar and watching the game and and stuff like that. But my actual everyday workflow uh, has not been, you know, that much different. I actually started back up doing the TMZ Sports uh, because we're doing those remotely. Uh, BSO is running the same way that it ran, you know, beforehand. Um, I, I go outside, you know, I take walks, you know, but, you know, if I need to get something to eat, you know, the drive through is still open. Uh, you know, if I have to go to Walgreens, that's still open. Uh, so, you know, for me, it hasn't been, you know, awful. I just say that I feel bad for other people because, you know, I, I just bought a house. So I got a little room to kind of, you know, hang out in and stuff. So I, I feel very blessed. And I know there's other people that feel blessed uh, to have these types of things. But, you know, for me, you know, I, I just been trying to do my best to not, you know, be in big groups. You know, not sneeze on anybody. You know, stuff like that. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I'm pretty much working exactly the same. That's great. Yeah. Well, Robert, it's always a pleasure having you on. And everybody, if you want to follow him, go to BlackSportsOnline.com or you can follow on Twitter at BSO. Is that also your handle for Instagram? Uh, BSO TV. Okay. And you said TMZ. You're back on TMZ. So you guys are doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. We're we, we're back after we had like a two weeks of repeats. Uh, but now we're back doing live shows, um, tape, but same day tape, 
um, on FS1 um, normally at 9 p.m. Um, or 10 p.m. Pacific, uh, Monday through Friday. So those shows are going on. We're just doing them all remotely right now, but at least you get new content um, on TMZ Sports. All right, Robert. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for doing it. Stay safe, my friend, and uh, please keep us up to date on the thirst trapping. All right. I appreciate you guys, and uh, you guys be safe as well, okay? Thanks, buddy. All right. What a great guy. He really is. And uh, you you make a great point, Joe, as far as uh, – I often do, but I don't know what what in particular you're talking about. If they held this in Vegas, oh, like, yeah. like the thirst trapping – would be just sky high. It would be like, it would honestly be like when they do the parade of strippers. Like you ever been in a strip club and they make them all come out at one time? Yeah. It'd just be like, <laughs> it'd be like they'd make them all just like walk down the strip. Why is Just like why, breaking them off on the. Why do strip clubs do that, by the way? They, they want you to know, because you know, when you're at a strip club, you're like, you're always looking for like the one that you're going to like, oh, she's going to be the one I get left hands from. They're like, here, here's who's here. Stay, you know. This is this is our buffet. When's the last time you went to a strip club? It's been a while. Uh, actually, it was in July, June, July, June. Anyway, it was in the summer when I was home in New York when I was performing at uh, the Stress Factory up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. My girlfriend forced us to go to a oh, that's right, Bridgeport strip club. I remember this story with her. With a friend of hers and with two friends of hers, basically. You want to hear something real quick and then we'll get to some sports? Yeah. I have actually never been to a strip club in Los Angeles. Wow. I've been to I've been to a couple. I've been to Four Play, which is over there on Cotner, and I've been to the one on Sunset, the body shop. I don't include Jumbos, by the way. Yeah. I've been to Jumbos Clown Room. I don't I don't I have call, not been to Jumbos. I don't I think that's the only two I've been to in LA though. Yeah, I don't. I don't count Jumbos as a strip club. Right, they have pasties on, right? They have pasties on, and it's and more. They don't do lap dances, or do they? They do. Oh, okay. So it, it basically is everything strip club. They have you know one stage, a pole, but it's more of like a nightclub hangout. And, yeah. And pasties, come on, get out of here with that. Yeah. But we do have we do have some good sports news actually. Let's at least do it. As far as some interesting stories to discuss. First off, I want to lead with the NFL. They have approved the playoff expansion. For not 2021, Joe. Hate this. Me too. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. I hate this for a couple of reasons. We already talked about it. I know the one-year example is not, you know, not the sample size that proves the point. But this past year, like we said when this first happened, the teams that would have made the playoffs were the Knicks Steelers uh, that I believe were 8-8, eight and eight, correct? And then would it have been the Rams? Correct. Who were nine and seven. Both teams not not particularly good football teams. So this is how it would have played out. It would have been Rams at Packers. Yeah. And it would have been Steelers with either Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph at the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And here's uh, what else I really don't like about it. I really don't like one team buys. If you look in the past, I don't know, 10 seasons, the one seeds have been in Super Bowls a lot. The one seeds playing each other after having, you know, home field until the conference championships, the one and the two seeds, yeah. have been 
very high. Basically, the teams that have buys in the first round in the last however many seasons has been very, very high. And so to give an imbalance where now only one of those teams is having that week off. I mean, you remember the time where we had, there was a while where it was like, are you sure you want to sit your players and like blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, these buys, these teams come off after buys, not as sharp. Teams coming off buys in the last, I mean, I know there's a few examples where it didn't work out, but for the majority of the, I don't know. I mean, I think since the Ravens Niners Super Bowl, I think it's been like a lot of teams that had buys. I think it's like, I think the Ravens Niners Super Bowl was the last Super Bowl where it wasn't a buy team in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, yeah. So, well, look, we all want more football. I'm not denying that. This is giving us two extra games. We all love football, but I agree with Joe. It's not necessarily good football. Obviously, I'm going to watch it. We're all going to watch it. But yeah, from a competitive advantage, the thought that this year's Super Bowl champion would not have received a bye. I just don't think that's fair to the teams. What do you mean that this year's Super Bowl champion? Oh, you mean because I, I don't think it's fair well, the, to only have two teams to get buys versus four. Right. It's just not fair. Right. You play all season. You come in as a two seed and you don't get a buy. I just don't think that's fair. It's it, it's 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 leveling. Where, the the Chiefs were the two seed this year, correct? correct. But here. Is the, my point is, forget that the Super Bowl champion wouldn't have, they might not have been the Super Bowl champion. And that's my point. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. It, it levels the playing field and it's rewarding. It's, in my opinion, it rewards mediocrity for that last seed and it punishes a good team. Yeah. Like, like it, it does both things at, at once. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. I, honestly, you said, uh, everybody wants more football. It's like I just, I'm just not on that. That's just not my opinion. Like, 16 games, I, unless there's a reason that we're making these adjustments. Unless we're saying, hey, every baseball player that's led, you know, Major League Baseball in velocity for the last 10 seasons has had Tommy John surgery. We need to go to 144 games. I'm like, hey, look at you guys. You know, doing something for a reason that just that is justified. We need to go to seventeen games. Why now? Ever what is a thousand yards rushing anymore? What is forty five hundred yards passing anymore? What is like you're you're taking away from the the bar that has been set for a lot of the, the statistical things and and the sole reason that we're doing it is for more money. Yeah. Why do these guys need more money? You you're, you already have more money than you could ever possibly need if you own an NFL franchise. But I don't think the players really see that much more money. This money goes right in that, the That's what I'm saying. It's, it's just for owners. It's, it's just, not for the players making more money. It's just for owners. The players are on the record. Everybody's on the record as saying that basically the only reason this passed is because they dangled a little bit more money in front of the lowest tier NFL guy. Yeah. Now, I want to get Nick on here because Nick, Nick is in favor of this, correct? Well, I'm in favor. I have no problem with it. I I, I don't see the problem. You, you you guys are kind of contradicting yourself when when you're saying that these teams that make it aren't any good, but then at the same time, the Chiefs might have lost. Like, just beat the team if they're the the, the seven seed. Just beat them. It should be no big deal. It's, it's not, one more game. It's not, but it's it's not about one more game. It's that eventually what, somebody fatigue. 
It's a, no, but it's about eventually that you now eventually you have to play somebody that didn't play that one more game, but only one team, just one, right? But so that's my my point is the Chiefs. Yeah, they might not have ended up having to face the Ravens this year because the Ravens got beat early, but you're you're still there's now only one team that gets a bye in every conference. So like it's just throw, like the competitive shift is completely thrown off. Not to mention if let's say you're a team down the stretch that's got a two-game lead on the rest of your conference, you can essentially take a week 16 bye week, a week 17 bye week, a week 18 bye week, a playoff bye week. You could you could theoretically really get three weeks, if not more, of, of resting your starters. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think this is, this is something that it's going to be a big deal. And then like, Two years from now, they, they, we're just going to get used to this, and it's not going to be a big deal anymore. This ab- is something ab- that absolutely. But the, the the thing is, why did this have to happen? There's no good reason for it. Well, the, the response would be, they haven't expanded the playoffs since 1990. So this is the first time since 1990. So it's been 30 years. It's been a minute, and it was working. I thought the system in place was perfect. To be honest, maybe not perfect. It was ideal, and it worked for 30 years. Why are we suddenly changing something that seems to have worked and also, at the same time, let's not forget, has rewarded teams that didn't have the best records? Your New York Giants twice. The Green Bay Packers, when they were 10-6. and six. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who were 10-6. and six. So we've seen multiple number six seeds win the Super Bowl. I have a hard time believing you're going to see a bunch of number seven seeds win the Super Bowl. Well, again, the look, just look at how it's been recently. That that was a, a while ago now that we're talking the Ravens, the 2011 Giants, the Steelers. That hasn't happened. So the idea now of the best teams who are already making the Super Bowl at like almost 100% clip now playing – against worse competition and only one of them gets a bye, it's, it just seems like it's going to make it even that much more top-heavy. It, it makes it seem like... I, I think it's making it less... I mean, I think it's making the playoffs less interesting instead of more interesting and in adding a team. We, I'm all in favor of everybody that could potentially win a championship having a chance. But, like, you have to reach a certain level. Yeah. Like... In college football, I'm all for an expanded playoffs because these teams don't all play each other. Sure. But in the NFL, you're all playing each other. The idea that 14 of 30 teams make the playoffs. In basketball, we've got 16 of 32, whatever it is, right? Like, we're now pushing where half of the league is making it. I mean, baseball, you're we're still at, like, what, thir- a third of the teams make it? To me, that just seems you should have to win something the the regular season should matter and the idea of an 8 and 8 team that didn't win their division it's like the division thing it's like yeah it sucks when a 7 and 9 team or an 8 and 8 team makes the playoffs but at least they won their division correct i think this makes the regular season more exciting now i mean you you think week 17 football usually people are resting their guys and everything now more teams are going to be on the bubble of getting into the brink of the playoffs and we could have teams fighting for that number one slot, if it's still open, 
this puts a lot more pressure on to do good in the regular season as it did in years prior. Does it not? No, because now you're likely to make the playoffs if you're 8-8. Eight and eight. But there's going to be more competition to get into that playoff spot. There's going to be tiebreakers. There's going to be more competition in that last week and the weeks leading up to it than it did this year, I think. I mean, there's already a lot of competition, and it's already extremely competitive. To me, it's like I'm just going to put it simply, like I'm just going to recap what I said. Give me the reason. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I agree. And give me the reason that this needed to be done. I don't think anybody is out there going like, this playoffs, this is a great example. If this playoffs had had the Rams and the Steelers, it could have been a totally different situation. It could have been, it's like, if the reasoning behind it is the owners want to make more money, it just seems to me ridiculous to tear down a playoff system that has been working a regular season that has been working, statistical regular season benchmarks and bars that everybody has been going through, like it just seems crazy to me. I'm gonna pose, just for the owners to make more money. I want to pose and, and just the owners. I want to pose this scenario, or just ask the question with CTE and all the things that are taking down football. It's it's very contradictory. It's very contradictory to say we care about player safety, we care about taking care of our players, and then doing this. A hundred percent. I'm gonna ask. How long before a number seven seed, two, two parts, one makes a Super Bowl and two wins a Super Bowl? I'll set the over-under right now at winning a Super Bowl, 10 years. Do you think within 10 years of this new system, a number seven seed wins a Super Bowl? I'm going to say no. No, I don't think so. I'll say one makes it. I say I say one doesn't make it for 10 years. I mean, we're going on, again, I think we're going on seven, eight years were the we're, Giants the last six seed? Were the were the one seed has been in the Super Bowl? But were the Giants the last six seed? The to, one seed or the two seed? T- teams that have buys. To win a Super Bowl. Yes, I believe so. Right? Or was that... Yeah, because that was after the Packers did it. Yeah, I mean, we went through a run, like you said. Yeah. Like, like a five or six year run where like four number six seeds won it. Yeah. But we're going... Again, I think it's the Ravens. I think it's the Ravens-Niners Super Bowl. It was the last time a team appeared in the Super Bowl that didn't have a bye. Yeah. At all, on either side. And it didn't always used to be that way, but it, this is the way it's this is the way it's gone. Yeah. And look, I, I, I do see some of Nick's points, and I do see, look, any given Sunday, there's a reason that that phrase exists. Any team can win on any given Sunday. But here's, I, but, I, I guess here's my, my even bigger issue. Then fuck it. Why don't we just do March Madness? I agree. Why don't you play 13, 13 games and everybody makes the playoffs? Yeah. Why isn't it the NBA? Why don't we, you know, like, to me, if if the thing is like, oh, this, now, it's like, then, fu- then let's go. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, Where I'm, you're playing a shortened regular season just for seeding purposes. Yeah. Well, let's move into some player news. The Cowboys have signed, of course, Alden Smith. This is a wild contract. Like as far as the fact that he's playing on a team, it's it's very Jerry Jones esque. He, he has a history of doing this. When has it worked out? I think Greg Hardy was decent. Was he? 
played like one year for the Cowboys. So Alden Smith has not played an NFL game since 2015. Yeah. The deal will be up to $4 million. Doesn't mean he's going to see $4 million. Right. Incentives. It just seems so... This is such a Jerry Jones move. Why? It, it, it's almost crazy at this point that Jerry Jones... That, that, that he is not aware that he gets called out for this every time it happens. Or maybe he is, and he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. That's what it is. Jerry Jones doesn't care. It's a... You know, it's a low-risk, high-reward situation. Smith will earn $900,000 in base salary and $40,625 every time he's on the active game day roster, which could total six hundred fifty grand. His incentives include up to $2 million for sacks, five hundred grand for eight, a million for ten, one and a half for twelve, and two million for fourteen. Again, he has not played NFL since twenty fifteen. He hasn't played so long. I think a lot of people missed my, which I thought was a very funny Andy Ruther joke of a car driving all over the place that I put out on Twitter and Instagram. He's had that many DUIs, like out of control DUIs. And he was the th- he threatened airport security, right? Wasn't he arrested like for like terroristic threats? He's like a walking Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award nominee. Yeah. In fact, I'm already going to put him on the nominee list. Yeah, even though he hasn't done something yet. Even though You're he just no- counting on him doing it. And for the record, I'm all for redemption. I've said that. I'm all for this dude getting a chance to play again. I'm not against it. I think it's great. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, again, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but like... Bush. Beat a dead bush. But I guess my advice for Alden Smith would be like, you know, good luck... Low risk, high reward, just work hard, play hard. But most importantly, do not have an opinion while you are in the locker room. Make sure you don't say, like, cops shouldn't murder people. Because, I mean, DUIs and, and threatening to murder federal employees at an airport, that's, one, that's something we can come back from. But don't ever say that those federal employees shouldn't be murdering people. Nah, we'll, we'll have to take you right out of here. Because the idea of, like, everybody should have a second chance. I'm going to watch the 11-part Mike Vick. You know, it's a football life. The only people who don't get the redemption and the second chances are people who say stuff that the NFL doesn't like. Yeah, he's got a rap sheet. I'm looking at Alden Smith's Wikipedia right now. Wow. I mean, legal issues are... Long and distinguished. Yeah. Probably like his Johnson. I mean, it's look at this. You can, can you see this? No. This is a rap sheet. I, in fact, you, you could look at this sheet if you go on Wikipedia. I'm not even going to reel off all of them. He's almost like an Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award Lifetime Achievement winner. Yeah. I, I Here's the thing. Here's my take. Like, like Alden Smith's son gets to be you know, Mr. Savage of the Year or whatever, like at the Golden Globes where, like, a famous person's son gets, like, stand in the wings and, like, present the awards. Yeah. I mean, Joe, the incident you're talking about happened six years ago. Yeah. At, at LAX. He was, that was April 13th, 2014. He was detained after being belligerent with uh, TSA. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> this is what's what's amazing is on June tenth, twenty nineteen. It's my birthday. He was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence. And we were talking about redemption. Wait, wait a second. I didn't. Yeah. We're talking about redemption. That's last year. Not even a year ago. Yeah. 2018. Arrested. I mean, he's been arrested one, two, three, four, five, six times since he didn't play in the NFL. What did we? What is the redemption from? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm all for redemption now that you look at this rap sheet. I mean, this is unbelievable. So he's been arrested more times since he left the NFL than before he was even in the NFL. Jerry Jones is like, don't care. 17 games, all the monies, give it to me. We'll just, we'll just move in these defensive linemen in and out like they're nothing. You mean nothing to me. You are not a human. Yeah. He's already got CTE. What do, what do I have to worry about? I've never seen anything like this, though. When, when I saw this story yesterday, I thought, didn't we all think? April Fool's joke. I mean, look, look at this. In 2018, Smith's arrested in violation of court order where he was ordered to stay away from a woman he assaulted earlier in the month. And then he pleads more like, I mean, the, the, the domestic violence thing. The, remember the NFL putting guys in black and white and talking about domestic violence? This happened March 23rd, 2018. Two years ago. Yeah. Wow, I had no clue when you really look I mean, at how it. How about this? In 2018, he consumed multiple bottles of tequila and bit her wrists. I mean, now we're talking about cannibals getting a second shot in the NFL. <laughs> Guys, here's the thing. You can eat other people, but you cannot say that police shouldn't murder people. The NFL, wild with the bar, they said. <laughs> I mean, I can't get over that he was literally arrested for a DUI. June 10th, 2019. But nowhere in all of the 11 body cam arrests did he ever refer to them as pigs. So he is good. It really is wild. Jerry Jones the only one. The only one who's doing this. He's a trash bag. Oh, man. Well... In other news, Jadavian Clowney and other defensive players, he's saying that he's lowering his offer, which I think is smart. He's lowering his his, his contract request. Correct. Now, he was seeking $20 million before. He's down to 17 to $18 million. But what? But how long is he looking for that for? I don't know. But my question to you, and I have this on the rundown, would you pay? They said it's basically been... A lot of teams don't want to pay this. It's down to the Seahawks and the Titans. Right. Are the two teams that are interested. I mean, am I paying Jadavian Clowney seventeen to eighteen million dollars? I guess for one year. I'd do it for two. Okay. I, like to me He's still young, but he's injury prone. He didn't he didn't like turn that Seahawks defense around last year. Well, everybody says the numbers are misleading. Sure. That it wasn't just the sacks. Or the forced fumbles. What what he does, and and obviously he's sure. an animal. Sure, the dude's a savage. The presence he brings. I mean, we discussed it. If Jadavian Clowney had a normal job, 
He's the guy walking around the gym, and you're signing up for that membership. Yeah. Uh, to me, $17, 18000000 million for, for what he has accomplished, it, it seems high. So if I was a team and I had the money and I had the need, yeah, maybe I'd offer him. Or maybe I would offer him. Maybe I'd even go bigger and do the one-year thing. But I just don't. I, the idea of being tied to Jadavian Clowney for thirty-five million for a couple of years, which he's going to demand twenty of that, is guaranteed. If I'm the Seahawks, I thought he fit well on them, and supposedly he really liked playing for Carroll. Obviously, he's a players' coach. I, I definitely want him back, but yeah, I also agree. You don't want to overdo it, though. Yeah. So uh, that that's where I'd be at with him. Uh, another story which we didn't cover last episode, which is interesting, is that uh, supposedly, according to your boy, Clay Travis, ESPN has offered Drew Brees a eight-figure contract for after he retires. Yeah. To come into the Monday Night Football booth. Is Drew Brees that interesting? Like, I, Drew Brees seems like a great guy. I know they wanted Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning turned them down. So they're thinking, well, what's the next best thing? But can we just say, can I just say, as much as I like Drew Brees as a guy, the the personality drop-off between Peyton Manning and Drew Brees it's big is time. immeasurable. I agree. Immeasurable. And I like Drew Brees, too. Yeah. But, like, I, I'd listen to—I mean, if they were off—what were they offering? It isn't eight-figure, so that's $10 million. Correct. The rumor was that Peyton might have been upwards of $20 million. How does, I mean, first of all, how does he turn that down? I guess he's like, I have all the money in the world. And he so. just said he just wants to be with his family. That's, yeah. a, that's a grueling schedule, even just one game a week. Yeah, yeah. Um. I just think I just think that's a huge drop off. Let's bring it back to the strip club. You talk about personality drop off. This is a great way of viewing it. Imagine a night at the bars at the strip club with Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees. To me, it's night and day. Yeah. The, I, I think I would have so much. Drew Brees has his baby there with the headset on to make <laughs> sure he doesn't hear like you know the the songs. He's like, I don't know. These strip clubs are always so loud. He's got the kid there. Yeah. I, I just think as far as fun... Peyton's putting his balls on people's face. Yeah. Yeah. Peyton's telling you raunchy stories. He's smoking cigars. That's a guy you want to have a drink with. I know I'm the world's biggest Eli Manning slurper. But, like, wouldn't you rather hear Eli Manning than Drew Brees? Mm. I still think there's a huge personality. I just think Drew Brees... Like, is Drew Brees that... Like, just doesn't seem like he's like a... Like a entertaining guy. I agree. Like, and, and I say that like because, I mean, I like what Romo does. I think Breeze would be very similar to Romo, and I like what Romo's doing, but he's not that interesting. No, I agree. No, I I completely agree. I don't know why ESPN keeps doing this. I don't know why they just keep not giving it to who should get it. It should be Pat McAfee. A hundred percent agree. And and that's the other thing is Pat McAfee would do it for nothing. No one's watching Monday Night Football for the announcers. No. I mean, at this point, honestly, Booger is 
whatever they're paying Booger is probably worth more to them than getting a, a Breeze or even a Peyton Manning because everybody's tweeting about it. They're not paying Booger Jack shit. Yeah. At least he's a meme. People are listening to what Booger's saying to have him mess it up. Nick, That's Nick Dale special. It's my take from three weeks ago right there. Yeah. I, I like it. It's a good take. At, but, but, but because that's the thing. It's like you almost want somebody that you're not going to notice at all or do you want somebody that you're that's going to give you personality? Good or bad. McAfee, Booger, Peyton Manning. Like, yeah, I think Drew Brees. Drew Brees is very mellow. Drew Brees, you're not going to notice at all, but it's like you don't have to pay somebody Drew Brees, $10 million to not notice them all. Drew Brees, just a Drew Brees is. He's the safe bet that you marry. Okay. Right? I always like to put things in dating perspectives. Like, I'll be honest. I think, Joe, maybe me and you, we, we might, looking at our some of our dating habits, we, we we might go for a girl that gives a little more excitement. That could, that could be a little loose, though, sometimes. But I like that. The Polly Prince. Did you just call my girlfriend loose? I think you, I think you, I think you are a real apology right now. No. She's definitely watching this. I know she is. I don't, I don't mean, you know, there, there's going to be some drama. There's going to be some shit that goes down. I'm just looking at like our dating history. It's not a bad thing, right? That means we want excitement. Yeah, Nick, probably great reference because we watched Along Came Polly. He had never seen it, and, and it was a random one. I probably had only seen it twice. The Polly Prince, Jennifer Aniston's character, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I've maybe seen it once. You know, she's gonna bring she's gonna, she could bring some wild shit to the table. Speaking it's, of McAfee, did you see he attempted the McDonald's challenge yesterday? I did, and he threw up. I was really surprised. Okay, now McAfee you, seems like a guy to me. Yeah, I would have guessed that he could do it. I agree. I I think he made some strategical errors, but I mean, he was done pretty. Like he was, he was an hour in when he basically started giving up. Can Refresh you, me. What is the uh, the McDonald's challenge? It is three double quarter pounders with cheese, one quarter pounder with cheese. Two 10-piece nuggets, two, I think, medium fries, and four medium beverages. Yeah, I'd tap out. In 90 minutes. Yeah. You don't think you could do it? Not a chance. Well, he doesn't eat much. But you, I want to talk about you because we saw what you did. So the burgers themselves, you got seven quarter-pound patties plus the bread. You're looking at 1.75 pounds of meat. Then you got nuggets and fries and whatever. The meat we ate in Texas, and I didn't finish it, but it was four and a half pounds. I ate four pounds of meat. I can tell you that much. 72 ounces. I ate four pounds of the steak. Put the, uh, so so the, the, the meat, the, the you know, the, the steak for burgers, I mean, I'm doubling up. A full baked potato is two medium fries, right? Now you're looking at 20 nuggets, salad on the thing, and throw that out, right? Because salad didn't really affect us. I'm sure it did a little. We had we had five shrimp. So you're looking at five breaded shrimp. That's a, a part of it. I'm, I'm talking about I still have two plus pounds of just like meat. It's just I'm not consuming. So you think you could do the McDonald's challenge? I feel really confident. I think we have a video. <laughs> 
Okay, the four drinks is also... Here's the strategic problem that Pat McAfee made. He was trying to drink the drinks along with it. What I would do... Chug them? No. The complete opposite. I would use my drink to wash down food as I went along. And if I'm left with three full drinks and 40 minutes to go or a half hour to go, I'm just focusing on getting down liquid. Once your once your body starts saying, like, I can't chew anything anymore, which you're, you're helping that process along by putting liquid in there. I'll tell you something. I worked for Opie and Anthony for one summer. I was an intern at WNEW in New York. They did a challenge. Who could gain the most weight in the out in the four or five hours of their show, some guy gained eighteen pounds. All water. His his strategy was he went he ate as much as he could, like out of the gate. Like he's like I just got full, just like a regular amount of full. I didn't force it. And then he goes and then I just drank water for the for the remaining three hours and I didn't pee and he gained eighteen pounds. And he's like I didn't go. Cr- I, guys were puking. He just he just had a regular extra size meal and then just started drinking liquid i'd save the liquid for the end now i don't think i could do this and and i'll be honest i don't you could i don't think i could you could do it why do you think because i've seen your mcdonald's orders before dude that's a lot different you i mean you tapped out pretty early in the steak challenge but we also didn't prep especially well you had mcdonald's that day yeah (laughs) i was gonna say ironically we We both had mcdonald's that day you didn't prep that well. You did tap out early. You just were like, I'm not I'm not gonna be able to do it. It's just so much less meat. It's so much I mean, if you take the burgers, including the buns, and add the twenty nuggets, I still don't think that's as much food as four and a half pounds of steak. So now it's fries for potatoes. Okay, re- repeat what it is again. It's three double quarter pounders of cheese, one quarter pounder of cheese, 20 nuggets. So you have four sandwiches. Two medium fries. Four sandwiches. Yeah. Four sandwiches, 20 nuggets, two fries, four beverages. The beverages are going to be killer. I just think strategically you got to take those. I mean, if your life's on the line and you're like, I have 10 minutes to go to finish this, but I got to suck down two medium. Are you like, Are you allowed to puke? Now, they said on McAfee with his crew. Which was ridiculous. The idea of the vomiting and still doing it. Of, co- of course that's not fair. If I did that, I would just eat half of the food, vomit, and then eat the other half. I'd be done in 40 minutes. If I could vomit, i just pull the trigger. Now, 90 minutes is some leeway. When we did the challenge in Texas, it was 60 minutes. Same thing. in te- We both gave up because we couldn't handle more. So there is a point where your body can't take any more food, and you're like, it doesn't matter if I have three more hours. I'm probably not doing this. But it's less food and more time to me. Are you what's your strategy at the gate? Dude, I'm I'm just just eating. Yeah. What I'm doing, I think I'm eating fries to start, getting those fries down while they're warm. Maybe going like the burgers are gonna take more are gonna last better than the nuggets and the fries. So I might go fries and nugs and then get into some burger action. But, but the burger you then have the carbs with the buns. Like I'm not I'm not worried about the burger buns. It, you, when all is said and done, I'll dunk those in the drinks if I have to. I guess the question is do you want to try this? You're out. I don't know. I'm on the fence. See, McAfee was like giving away money. I was thinking we could do like a 
Like if we both did it, right? You, you're in. You throw in five bucks, and you say, "Ruther and Prano both do it. Ruther and Prano both don't do it. Ruther does it. Prano doesn't. Prano does it. Ruther doesn't." You got to make your pick from those four, and then if you're correct, we put we put anybody with the winning guess in a pot. We pull from that, and we and we go fifty fifty on the we go fifty fifty on the pot. 50% goes in the thus fund, 50% goes to the winner. It's like a but but split the pot at a baseball game. Yeah, 50-50 raffle. Yeah. Except you're you can only you only qualify for the 50-50 raffle if you're right. Do you think we both do it? Neither of us do it. One of us does it and the other one doesn't. And this is all because somebody started this on Twitter. Yeah, and everybody – the thing is, everybody looked at it and was like, I could do it. I'll do it right now. Uh, minute, I was really surprised McAfee didn't do it. Well, the minute I looked at it, I said, that's a lot of food. And again, I, I am a savage late night at McDonald's. What drink did you guys go with there for the four large sodas? Well, McAfee went sweet tea, Ooh. so I don't know if that's a thing. It's too much sugar. I might go unsweet tea. I don't there know. It doesn't seem there like there's rules here. It was a brown liquid. Can't didn't look like they had the punch thing in the top to say it was Cokes or it was not Cokes or whatever. I think if I'm doing this and there's no, I'm just going an unsweetened tea. I like the unsweetened tea. Coke would be tough for me. I'm not a soda guy. Too much syrup. Yeah, I would do. I would do sweet tea. If 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 somebody was like unsweetened tea is not, I'd be like I'll do sweet. I'll do sweet tea too. I'm not a I'm not a soda guy either, and the carbonation seems. McDonald's Sprite would be the wrong move by 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 far, I think. Honestly, depending on what the like, again, there's not a lot in the description of this. Somebody just put it up. Could you eat this for in 90 minutes for 3,500 bucks? So if it's like four drinks, I might even go like a sweet tea, an unsweet tea, a Coke, an orange, just to like keep some flavor differences. Yeah, because that's what the guys in Texas said. Mix your flavors. It's gonna get it's gonna get boring. Dunk your steak in some salad dressing. Dunk your shrimp in some steak sauce. Yeah. Which was a strategy that worked for me for a while. But four and a half pounds, bro. I'm you were there, you felt I ate four pounds of that steak. Easy. I forget what I I forget what I had left that I tapped out on. You you definitely were in the sixty plus ounce range of what you ate. I was more in the and I had taken down all the sides. Yeah, I was more in the like forty ounce. I'm thinking range. I was a half, between a half and a pound of, I'm I'm thinking a half and three quarters of a pound from finishing the thing. But it just sixty minutes catches up with you. Well, I'm looking at the comments on YouTube. Crazy eye Sam Bradford, I believe that's him. I bet more than twenty bucks you both can do it. Wow. Are we getting? Are you getting stoned ahead of time? I'm definitely taking a different approach to my dietary. I'm not having McDonald's twelve hours before or six hours before. I'll tell you what, man. Time. I think me on edibles. It's almost like a PED. McAfee was smoking. Was he? Yeah. I was gonna say it's almost. It's almost a PED. The here's the thing. The only thing that makes me think I can't do it is that McAfee didn't do it. I'm really surprised. Seems like a guy who could take down some McD's. I agree. Some Don's, as Nikki calls it. I'm pretty confident in you, though. I'm definitely more confident in you than me. You were way more confident in you than me when we went to Texas. 
You're like, I'm doing this. That was that was fake. <laughs> I didn't trust. Then myself. you ta- then. Th- 30 minutes in, you tapped out and just were making a big text music video. <laughs> you know why I trust myself more in this one? Because, I mean, just the, think about the lack of work. We had to cut those steaks. But that's what I'm saying. There's so much meat in that. I legitimately like eating shitty McDonald's. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, even the steak challenge, when we were cutting it like, I was I was trying to really pace myself for time. I'm cutting hunks of steak. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking big bites of steak. Like, I'm never going to take the biggest bite I would take in terms of, like, what gets swallowed. Nothing's going to be bigger than a full. Like, look at that. Look at that piece of steak. Nick has put it Nick on. Nick has the- pulled up the challenge. Just watching me do this steak challenge makes me think I could do it. Do I bring back little texts? For the McDonald's challenge? I think you should be Ronald McDonald for this. this (laughs) (laughs) Drunk Jesus. Drunk Wendy. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put it out there. We've. What do the comments say? Makes me want to wear that. I mean, a lot of people want to see this happen. Makes me want to wear that shirt again. That's for sure. Andy Ruther McDonald's challenge. I like this one from Michael Quinn. Why don't you create the Taco Bell version? Ooh. Ooh couple of steak quesadillas. Well, remember when I uh Oh yeah, look at me. This is just seeing me shirtless makes me hungry. Uh Remember when I gave you the Del Taco? What was it like? <laughs> was that like what was the party pack? Had like 12 bean burritos in it. I was like, "Take that down." You're like, "No way." What was my goal in Jack in the Box one day? I think it was how many it's two tacos for 99 cents. This is when I was in college. And I, I was overconfident. I told my buddies I thought I could eat 20 jack-in-the-box tacos. Like, I think I, I, I could do a Crave case if, like, that was my goal. Like, if I had to prep. Yeah. You know? <laughs> my headshot. Nick crushed this video. Yeah. This is when I was trying to shit. Yeah, Nick's got our seventy-two ounce steak challenge video. the The owner of the place came in because he was worried I was vomiting in there. I really thought I was gonna have like horrible steak diarrhea. Well, as much as I want to watch a video that we did in the past, uh, we've put it out there. Yeah, it's out there. We'll have to we'll have to dance around. We'll have to think about this because, again. McAfee not doing it. That was, I was like, he's gonna do it and whatever. Yeah. And and then, and you were like, ah, we should have done it. Blah blah blah. And I was like, whatever. You know, you can't do everything that happens on the internet. But when McAfee didn't do it, I was like, well, this certainly opens a door to see who's more manly, me or former professional football player on All Pro punter Pat McAfee. You know, in. Love, I mean, I, I mean, I love, I love the jorts guy. He's but. Been, he's been very complimentary of your mustache. I know, I love the jorts, but let me down, Pat. Good on him for trying, though. Yeah, and for a charitable cause, good on him. Yeah, we're meanwhile we are not in the Pat McAfee realm in terms of the the, the finances that we bring in from the show. We don't no. have our own studio no. with a with a basketball court and all that. Yeah, I, I'm. I could not be more happy for anybody's success than Pat McAfee. Agreed. But uh, we're not there. We're doing 50, 50. (laughs) We're doing a 50, 50 raffle. We're not there financially at all. Yeah. So uh, shout out. Speaking of charity, you got Robert Kraft. 
using the Pats plane to get 1.2 million N95 masks into the Massachusetts area. Great. Good for Robert Kraft. Did you like my tweet? I thought it was funny. I don't know. What'd you say? Did you like my tweet? The happy ending one? I quote tweeted the Wall Street Journal article. Uh Uh-huh. And what did I write? I just got a notification for it. Um, It was such Another story involving Robert Kraft that has a happy ending. Oh, there you go. Solid. I had to. How many likes did they get? Very disappointed at the lack of likes. Let's see here. You got 26 likes and three retweets. <laughs> three retweets and 26. That's a funny joke. I mean, I think it's the least that Robert Kraft could do after importing 12 people with the Wuhan virus to work at a massage parlor uh, in, <laughs> in, in Jupiter. It's a good point, Joe. Are, are, are we sure that coronavirus didn't start from Robert Kraft bringing over teenage women in a... <laughs> A good point on a boat it's a very very good point uh i like this news this is good news for people like shaboring and this is wild that this went on this long the dodgers and spectrum now finally have a deal for people who don't have spectrum to watch dodgers games i know we've talked about it but for anybody unaware the dodgers had an exclusive deal with spectrum which is just the cable company. It was not on DirecTV. It was not on AT&T, U-verse. So you could only watch Dodgers games if you had Spectrum, like me. It's the same way only people who have Spectrum can watch Lakers games, I believe. Right. So it's Spectrum Sports Net. Which kills me for the Lakers. And it, it, I, I'm not as interested in Dodgers baseball as I am in Lakers basketball. But even... When, when they have these things like Spectrum won't cast to my TV. So I basically have to watch Lakers games via your Spectrum login on my laptop. But I've always said about Dodgers baseball, the only Mets games that I cannot watch are when the Mets are playing in the city that I live in. Crazy. So basically millions of people, and I know other cities have this problem, with their cable providers, millions of people in Los Angeles for now six years, I believe, have been unable to watch Dodgers games unless they had Time Warner turn spectrum. Right. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think. You're basically missing. For all you Dodgers fans in the Los Angeles area that were not able to watch, um, let me just update you on the last six seasons. (laughs) <laughs> lots of winning though yeah and lots of and they would come like pat mcafee they would come right to the end you thought they had it and then they would just vomit into a garbage can dave roberts vomit yeah a garbage can that the astros were pounding with a stick i'm surprised the shabelli family actually didn't get spectrum but i'm surprised the shabelli family didn't buy the spectrum <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a he. Because I don't know a bigger Homer Dodger fan than Joe Shabelli. Yeah, I mean Joe Shabelli again. The Joe Shabelli Homer <laughs> of the Year Award. We've already branded this. We have Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year, Jesse Stanga and Mitch in the Hall of Fame. But when you get an award named after you, the Joe Shabelli Homer of the Year Award. Yeah, that's, that's big. I agree. Guys, if you want to call the hotline, we'll do calls next episode. 310-359-8365. 
since we're doing this, uh, since we're on baseball, I want to do something. A former guest of the show, Dennis Gubbins, put this on Facebook, and I thought it was really interesting, and I will rip through mine. Andy, I would love to see what you you come are, up with. Are you really doing all? It, I mean, it's going to take no time at all. It's going to take one full minute. Let's time him. See if he can do this in 60 seconds. Ready? Dennis Gubbins put on Facebook how – don't start the timer until I start listing players, Nick. Dennis Gubbins put on Facebook, list your favorite Major League Baseball player from every franchise. This isn't uh, the best. This isn't whatever. So I've already put it up on our Reddit, but I'll just preview it with mine. Cubs, Mark Grace, Pirates, McCutcheon, Reds, Larkin, Cardinals, Greg Jeffries, only because of his Mets roots. Fuck the Cardinals. Brewers, Paul Molitor, Braves, Maddox, Marlins, Mike Piazza. Mets, DeGrom, Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter. Nationals, Expos, Vladdy and Gary Carter. Phillies, Roy Halladay. Diamondbacks, Randy Johnson. Dodgers, former Met Justin Turner. Giants, Timmy. Padres, Tony Gwynn. Rockies, Big Cat, Andres Galarraga. Blue Jays, Olerud. Orioles, Cal Ripken Jr. Rays, Longoria. Red Sox, Bill Buckner, LOL. Yankees, David Cohn. Indians, Manny. Royals, George Brett with a little... Honorable mention to Bo Jackson. Tigers, Verlander. Twins, Rick Aguilera. White Sox, Frank Thomas. Angels, Goat Trout. Astros, Biggio. Athletics, Ricky. Mariners, Ichiro. Rangers, Nolan Ryan. 43 seconds. Wow, pretty good. Longo. Although you listed three players for the Mets. Kind of what? <laughs> I mean, that was, yeah, it's a Mets. Like, my favorite all-timers, Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter. But how do you, I mean, DeGrom has snuck into that. It's back-to-back Cy Young. It's hard not to be the. DeGrom slurper. And I had two for the Expos. Again, Vladdy and Carter. You should put that on Twitter. Okay. I mean, it would take multiple tweets, but you should do it. You could take a screenshot of my notes. There you go. You could do that, too. All right, guys. That's the show. We're going to wrap it up. But it's on Reddit. It's already been posted. I just want to see people's lists. Okay. It's your favorite. Yeah. Like, like wild things in there. Rick Aguilera, my favorite twin of all time. Not former, Kirby Puckett? Former Met turned closer. Kirby Puckett had, had a little bit of Alden Smith in him, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. And I wink because he was missing an eye at the end. <laughs> you, you do got me thinking about my favorite players. Like, who's your favorite Red? Eric Davis? I was going to say, I'd probably lean towards Eric Davis because he was my first. He was my first love, you know. Yeah. Like, the first guy. I, I, even, even on the Reds, I was like, is it Pete Rose? Is it Eric Davis? Vado's such a fun guy. But I was like, when all is said and done, I loved Larkin. Larkin put – I, I got to give Larkin some credit. I feel like Larkin, Barry Larkin, is responsible for the boom in Wilson gloves in Major League Baseball. I feel like Larkin was in on Wilson real early. And for a while, Wilson became the premier glove baseball. It was Rawlings forever. Larkin was like, yo, I'm an A – I'm an A series Wilson guy, and I was and and honestly changed the, changed the face of baseball, or at least changed the hands of baseball. Yeah, mine would probably go Davis Larkin. God, I was so big on Junior. Like like it still crushes my soul that Junior's career was a, just a disaster in Cincinnati. Like it just crushes me. Like a lot of a lot of I have a lot of like Mets for, and former Mets like around the league. Like I was like, ah, oh, John Franco was a Red before he was a Met, but I was like, if it had gone the other way, maybe got Randy Myers. But like, but in the end, I was like, I got to give love to Larkin. Yeah, I don't hate that Hall of Famer. I mean, a lot of people, it's like, like Griffey for the Mariners. I'm like, nah, I'm an Ichiro guy. Ichiro all the way. Randy Johnson. I got Randy Johnson in my uh, Diamondbacks. D-backs. Yeah. 
I gotcha. All right. Well, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to us on YouTube. You guys know what to do. Let us know if you want Joe or both Joe and myself to do the McDonald's Twitter challenge. Is that what it is? I, I believe that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, that's it. Be safe. Wash those goddamn hands of yours. It's pretty easy. Come inside. Wash your hands. I got nothing else. Uh, Joe Prano on Instagram. Fix Your Life on Twitter. Um, I got no shows forever and ever. Yeah. Stand-up comedy is dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. I'll be streaming tonight. Twitch.tv forward slash Nick Dale. Me and Andy would, were discussing possibly having... Andy plays some GTA. Throwback to the college days. Are, are we ever going to set up a dirty sports channel, or are we just going Nick Dale? Well, you know, I'm just trying to figure out this whole thing first, and then, and yeah, we'll, we'll go dirty sports eventually. But we can also go into YouTube. So if we did Grand Theft Auto, we could both play, or just one? A yeah, single-player game. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. All right. Well, you, you do that, Joe. All right, Dirt Falls. We'll talk about it off-air. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be merry. And most importantly... Stay dirty.